0: Now streaming, streaming, this is a Vanguard production.
1: The following program is intended for mature audiences.
2: What's up everybody? Welcome back to Come On Get Happy Hour. We got Facebook Live kicking over here. We're recording on Monday night. The show goes up on Wednesday night. I got my mama watching. Hi mama. My brother-in-law Wayne. Or Wine, Uncle Wine, as my uh, kids call him. But uh... Yeah, we're having some fun tonight. We've got some great guests lined up. Uh, two of my buddies from comedy. One of my buddies from the rock world. Famous drummer Frankie Valley, and a bunch of other sessions. I'm playing some old school over here on a cassette. That's a little thing we used in the 80s and 90s. It had like a tape on it. But I'm talking to my producer, Judy Sketch-Lewinson, over here on hello, Zoom. Hello. hello, Judy Sketch-Lewinson.
1: Hello, Stevie D. How are you this week?
2: I'm good. I'm good. So as you know, last week I did the worst songs. I put that on Facebook, and I said, what's the worst song you've ever heard? And I had like overwhelming response. I think I had 86 suggestions. And I kind of rushed through it, and I had my guitar, and I did my, my two, I think. I had three, but one I forgot. I'm going to tell you that tonight. I remembered it. Second was uh, the Afternoon Delight. And the third one was uh, Achy Breaky Heart. Which actually was the one I played. Yes. So tonight I took the time because I appreciate everybody commenting and I actually did a little homework tonight. I wrote some things down, believe it or not. Oh, so uh, you was homeschooling yourself. I was I was homeschooling myself. I give myself an A plus. I'm gonna do that right now. <laughs> a plus for P. All right. But all right. So the worst songs I had it was it was two pages. I even had a couple like of fifty of them, but some of the some of the worst songs that you all said. And I've got my top three. I'm going to give my top three. And Sketch, let me give you a chance to redeem, redeem yourself. Redeem last myself? Said, Return of the Mac, and that's the jam.
1: Stevie, you are 100% within your right to be wrong. That is No, 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 day. you're
2: wrong. That is a jam. Turn of the Mac. You're wrong on that one. That's a jam. No. All right.
1: No. Sketch, no. you ready? Go you're ahead. Ready for these? Hit, hit, me, hit me with it. What you got this week?
2: These are terrible. All right, first of all, someone said anything. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, Wait,
1: before you do that, what's the drinking word?
2: The drinking word tonight is funny. I love it. Mama, you got your Miller Miller Lite ready over there, Mama? Yes. Um, All right. All right, drinking word's funny. We got a funny show lined up. See what I did there? (laughs) Yes. Kick it off with drinking. All right. (laughs) Worst songs you've ever heard. I put it out on Facebook, and uh, I got a whole bunch of them. Here's some. Anything from Nickelback. Look at that photograph. That's the only Nickelback song I know. Look at that photograph.
1: She's like, aren't they Canadian, by the way? Do you know what's so funny? Uh, Kruger, I think his name is, lives about 20 minutes from me. All right. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> on
2: you. No, it's not, not on you. Me. I'm not that responsible. Was top. That was the top of the list.
1: Just just like Bieber. America bought it. You broke it. You own it.
2: Man, I like the beads. When I'm home alone, I might play a little beat on the guitar. I might, I might do that. All right, then we. I I gotta, I gotta bang through these because speaking of bang, the next one was she bang, she bang. All right, I like she bang. And then after that, she bop. Remember she bop? Yes, yes. Cindy lapa She Mm -hmm. bop That's a nasty song, by the way. (laughs) It's about what girls do on their own. We won't talk about the. with the needle on the record we're not going talk about that tonight okay mm-hmm. Shakira Shakira we like Shakira Shakira
1: oh, this one. sounds oh, like people man. who don't like pop music
2: <laughs> I, I don't know man they're, they're crushing it uh, Shania Twain that's another one of yours Ooh,
1: two already Canadian I think, I I think your, your fans hate Canadians uh,
2: Shania Twain Honey I'm Home I don't know that one
1: I don't know that one either
2: oh yes I do that one
1: Honey oh, I'm God. Home and I had a bad day it's not one of her most popular ones. Yeah, it's. it's I was thinking of
2: the one. So you think you're Brad
1: Kitt. Bam, bam, bam. What's that one? Um, Remember that one? Man, I feel like a woman. No, I that don't. No, right. no, no, that it, don't. It. Th- that no, it's that don't impress me much.
2: Yeah, that's it. All right, all right. We built this city. That was horrible.
1: Oh, that is hilarious. What? How you feel about what? is that that the cardi b song that's cardi b uh right, i haven't season. listened to it so
2: i don't know the, I, I know they're controversial but i don't know the song yeah <laughs> you got know what i need okay
1: whoever's making these suggestions just hates pop and urban <laughs> music so i'm it's discriminated Rhea. against That's too bad
2: okay don't you want me baby
1: don't you want me baby That one. <laughs> don't you want me baby exactly
2: uh What's up, Sandy, my sister, Sandy, my cousin, Karen. Um, someone suggested. That don't impress me much. That, is, that was it. Built the it, yes. city. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Betty Davis Eyes. I'm not hating on Betty Davis
1: Eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Betty. This feels like a time-life countdown. Yeah. time life music selection. <laughs> and is <next laughs> on the list we have. Your, your, mm-hmm. fan, your audience is very funny. You know the next one. Oh, the wedding song. Why Yes. When I was a kid I heard
2: that I'm like, I just want to go to the YMC and work out with the boys. <laughs> uh hey Mickey, you're so fine. All right. Alright. Uh there's, what Europe the final countdown. Ba-da-da-da. Oh Remember that wow. one?
1: That's like the my friends and I, when we were little, we called that the BMX song because we'd all get on our bikes and basically reservoir dogs down the cul-de-sac. That was a jam. Yeah. <laughs> Going off ramps, pretending we're evil Knievel. Cross
2: up. Uh, every breath you take, which I call the stalker song. Every move you make, I'll be watching you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's a creepy song. That's a creepy ass song. Please. Uh, <laughs> Someone suggested, I don't even know this band, it's a German dad. All Tierkreier, A U T E chre I don't know what it is but I said, is that like trance elevator music is horrible and my all right oh my god we got a whole other let me skip that so let me give you my top three worst songs are you ready yes top, that was you Julie Ray you suggested that horrible German band didn't you uh what's up Larry all right my personal top three worst ones that not only are horrible but I give them bonus points for sticking in your head. Number three, walk the dinosaur. Was not was. Um, no, oh, my yeah, no. Everybody walk the dinosaur.
1: dinosaur. Oh, my goodness. I haven't thought right. of that since I even No. Good Lord. Yeah. It's horrible, but it's <laughs> funny. All right, funny.
2: I said funny. Yeah. Just because I want to drink. Funny. The drink organic, funny, everybody. A huge producer, Don Was. I got friends of Don Was, friends of friends. Sorry, Don, bro. Hope you don't see this episode. That song is horrible. <laughs> All right. Everybody can agree on number t- two, Barbie Girl. Man, man, man. Is
1: that by Aqua? Aqua, In yeah. The group. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So I said on Facebook, if I say one of the w- ones I use for my personal horrible ones, I'll say your name. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Lason Brooks Jr. Good suggestion. Okay. And a uh, buddy of mine from high school, Scott Major, suggested this one. I'm too sexy
1: for my shirt, so sexy it hurts. That's
2: my number one. Worst song, at least the last 20 years.
1: Is that right, Seth Fred? Yes. Right, Seth Fred? Yeah. Yes. I'm a model, you know what I mean. And I do
2: my little turn on the catwalk. Oh, goodness. I started singing that to my kids, in yes. Faith, and they were horrified. They ran, so I'm like, oh. That's the winner that's payback for uh the shark right. uh,
1: thank you thank
2: you so that's a good payback song i remember that when we're in public
1: that's awesome that's awesome
2: lisa butler you said what song you said because i'm blonde i know you're blind did you uh i don't know if that's a song but anyway if it is tell me who sings it yeah. anyway we got a great lineup thanks for jumping on here uh facebook live what's up larry lisa straight and farland uh these are two of my favorite comics and my neighbor, who's also a rock star drummer. So we're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, don't forget, you're in quarantine to read the Trans Am so That's right. Uh, and uh, talking to my producer in Canada, Judy Sketch Lewinson. Uh, Shania Twain, Honey, I'm Home. I don't know
1: that one. I don't know that one either. Oh, yes, I do I know that th- one. Oh, Honey, I'm, I'm home and I had a bad day. It's not one of her most popular ones. Yeah, it's, it's was of, thinking of the
2: one So you think you're Brad Kitt. Bam 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 uh, What's that
1: one? Remember um, that one? Man I feel like a woman? No, that don't no no, right. that don't no no imp- that don't that no it's that don't impress me much. Yeah, that's it. Alright, alright. We built this city. That was horrible. Oh, that is hilarious. We built,
2: dun, dun. Uh what? How do you feel about what?
1: Is that, that the Cardi B song? That's Cardi B. Uh, I actually I haven't season. listened to
2: it, so. I don't know. The, I, I know they're controversial, but I don't know the song. Yeah. Bismarck,?
1: You got know what I need. Okay, whoever's making these suggestions just hates pop and urban <laughs> music, so I'm being hey, discriminated against. That's too bad. Okay. Don't you
2: want me, baby? Don't you want me, baby? Is
1: that one? <laughs> don't you want me, baby? Exactly.
2: Uh, what's up, Sandy? My sister Sandy, my cousin Karen. Um, someone suggested that don't impress me much. That, that was it. That's the yes. city. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Betty Davis Eyes. I'm
1: not hating on Betty Davis Eyes. I don't know. <laughs> got Betty. This feels like a time-life countdown. Yeah. Time-life music selection. <laughs> <laughs> and is <next laughs> on the list we have. Your, your, fa- your audience is very funny. You know the next one. Oh, the wedding song. YMCA. YMCA. Yes. yes. When I was
2: a kid, I heard that. I'm like, I just want to go to the way I'm seeing. out with the boys. <laughs> uh, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. All right, all right. Uh, there's, what Europe, the final countdown. Ba-da-da-da. Oh, remember okay. that one?
1: That's like the my friends and I when we were little. We called that the BMX song because we'd all get on our bikes and basically reservoir dogs down the cul-de-sac. That was jam. Yeah, (laughs) going off ramps, pretending we're can Knievel.
2: Cross up, Uh, every breath you take, which I call the stalker song, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: That's a creepy song. That's a creepy ass song, (laughs) please. Someone suggested, I don't even know this band, it's a German dad, all Aute, Aute, C H R E. I don't know what it is, but I said, is that like trance elevator music? Is horrible. And my, all right. Oh my god, we got a whole other. let me skip that. So let me give you my top three worst songs. Are you ready? Yes. Top, that was you, Julie Ray. Did you, you suggested that horrible German band, didn't you? Uh, what's up, Larry? All right, my personal top three worst ones that not only are horrible. But I give them bonus points for sticking in your head. Number three, walk the dinosaur. Was not was. Um, no, oh, my yeah, on God. The floor. Everybody walked the, the dinosaur.
1: dinosaur. Oh, my goodness. I haven't thought All of right. that since I don't even know. Good Lord, yeah. It's horrible, but it's <laughs> funny. All right, funny. I said funny yeah. just because I want to drink. Funny. The
2: drink worked tonight's funny, everybody. A huge producer, Don Was. I got friends of Don Was. Friends of friends. Sorry, Don, bro. Hope you don't see this episode. That song is horrible. <laughs> All right. Everybody can agree on number t- two, Barbie Girl. Man, man, man. Is that by Aqua? Aqua. Yeah. Group.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So I said on Facebook, if I say one of the w- ones I use for my personal horrible ones, I'll say your name. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Lason Brooks Jr. Good suggestion. Okay. And a uh, buddy of mine from high school, Scott Major suggested this one. On too sexy for my shirt <laughs> so sexy it hurts that's
1: my number one
2: worst song and that's, at least the last 20 years
1: is that right set fred Yes. right set fred yeah yes i'm a model
2: you know what i mean and i do my little turn on the catwalk oh, goodness. i started singing that to my kids calling in yes. faith and they were horrified they ran so i'm like <laughs> oh. that's the winner that's payback for uh the shark right. uh,
1: thank you thank
2: you so that's a good payback song i remember that when we're in public
1: that's awesome that's awesome
2: lisa butler you said what song you said because i'm blonde i know you're blind did you uh, i don't know if that's a song but anyway if it is tell me who sings it yeah. anyway we got a great lineup thanks for jumping on here uh facebook live what's up larry lisa straight and farland uh these are two of my favorite comics, and my neighbor, who's also a rock star drummer. So we're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, don't forget, you're in quarantine to read the trans am so That's right. Uh, and uh, talking to my producer in Canada, Judy Sketch Lewinson. We have got three kick-ass guests tonight. The first guest you've seen on Letterman. He's an Emmy winner, and his name is Steve Mazin. There you go, Facebook. Since so, you you can't see the game. Ba-ba-ba-boom. Chick-a-boom. chicka right. My next guest is a, uh, one of my favorite comedians and one of my oldest buddies in the comedy world. You've seen him on The Tonight Show. He's got five comedy albums. We're going to talk being on Get Shorty with uh, John Travolta, and he's uh, done The Tonight Show. It's Mr. Darren, the party starter, Carter, cotter, right there. You got it. All right. And next is a rock star drummer, Frankie Valli's drummer for 12 years. He's done... So many sessions, TV shows. His name is Mr. Craig Bilo, right there. Craig, there you go. All right, my first guest. So one day I'm driving the 405 in traffic. I hear this guy on the radio talking about a documentary he has called Dying to Do Letterman. And it was about him having cancer and how his his goal as a comedian was to be on Letterman. So once he was diagnosed, he said, shit, now I really got to get on Letterman before time runs out. And I could, uh, that resonated with me. And he was one of the first guests I had on my other show, which was a podcast, a video show that I didn't know personally. So I reached out to him on Facebook. We had a lot of mutual friends. He responded. I said, bro, got to get you on my show. He he came on. We became buddies. And um, since then, we stay in contact. He's got a great podcast called Maison Movie Club, which I did not too long ago. Uh, He's an Emmy winner for writing on The Ellen Show. And his documentary that is great. Go check out "Dying to Do Letterman." This is my buddy Steve Mazan. Hey, Stevie, how you doing, buddy? Oh, what's up? Is, is this, this uh,
3: <laughs> is this what well, I, I thought this show was in 3D? Am I right? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Close is it. Is it wearing 3D glasses? Uh, what's up, I get, brother? Good. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, things are going good. To have you. I'm, I'm showing Facebook Live your uh, "Dying to Do Letterman." Oh, awesome! Thanks for thanks for showing up. Sure. I'm not showing the whole movie. Just the just the movie poster. Just, no, yeah, you could show the whole movie. Do it, uh, please. Pirate it away. <laughs> I've How you made, doing, buddy? Uh, I've made all my money from it, so it's I can't get it anymore. So please share it, steal it. However you can watch it, steal it, and listen. I know uh, as a fellow survivor yourself, uh, yeah, you you can relate to it. But I think everyone everyone out there uh, will enjoy. it. You're saying we we milked it all that we can milk it now we gotta get I another. Think, well, you, I, you, honestly, it's one of those things. I don't I don't know if you felt this. I didn't think I'd live this long. Like you know what I mean. Like I i, I, I this is all gravy from this point on. So uh, like whatever happens now, I'm fine with. it. Gotta like I,
2: this year is a little crazy, obviously, but uh, yeah. So okay. you and I are coming from a comedic background and our twisted comedy minds. When you first were diagnosed, so Steve was diagnosed with cancer. We're going to talk about the movie and all that. And that's why I reached out to you. I didn't want to give away in the beginning, but as you know, I was also diagnosed with cancer and so it inspired me to write a book. inspired you. I don't know. Did you set out to make the documentary? No. In fact, uh, this is so crazy.
3: You know, Now we have Facebook, we have Zoom, which took took a big leap this year. Uh, yeah. We have Twitter, we have YouTube, we have all this social media. When I got diagnosed, it was uh, 2005. So none of that stuff was around yet. Facebook was just yeah. getting going. And so uh, I had just my website, my own website. And I, I started this project because I wanted to get on Letterman. So I, I was told I only had five years to live it was the cancer diagnosis. And so... To, to jumpstart it, I started a project that was called Dying to Do Letterman. The idea was to follow out all the stops, somehow get an audition with the Letterman, get noticed by the Letterman people. I was, to, to anyone out listening, I was already a comedian, full-time comedian, making a living at it, six years into it at that point. And um, so already that was great, but my goal was to get on Letterman and now I was like, oh shoot, I only have five years to make that happen. And I, I gave myself a year though to, to make it happen because I didn't know how long it might take. I gave myself the goal of getting out a year, and I, I started a website on my own website, steammaison.com. There was a, a page called Dying to Do Letterman, and people could go there, see my uh, comedy, and then there was a link that they could email the Letterman show to bug the hell out of it so that that's they brilliant. would me. Yeah. So this was now I would do this on Twitter or YouTube or whatever else, but this was the way of me, I know, as a West Coast person, getting a hold of an East Coast show. because they, they are very East Coast, West Coast. There are a lot more New York comedians that were yeah. on. Letterman than than West Coast, so this was my way to get to get a hold of him. And uh, a couple friends who are filmmakers heard about the project then, and uh, they said, "Hey, we want we want to follow you on this journey, uh, whether you get there, whether you die, whether you, whatever happens on it, yeah. and and make either it documentary." yeah, it's going <laughs> to be good either way. It's gonna be. We're not sure it's a happy movie, a sad movie, but we want to start it's it. The cliffhanger. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, that that's how it became. It was it was just a page on my website uh, a way to update people and so i started you know like updating people hey i i haven't heard yet uh, or you know or uh i did get an email or you know saying for that for me to stop bothering them and <laughs> i got a letter <laughs> yes yeah, so all, all this <laughs> stuff uh so it was a way to update people was just that's that's what the project was and then it turned into a documentary after that fact like tracking
2: the whole thing So these friends of yours that were filmmakers knew you started this this campaign yes and so they said how how many months into it did they jump
3: on board? Probably I think it was two months in because they they I had sent out uh an email then once I had all the stuff up and and my own website you know set up with the that dying to do Letterman page um they they responded they said two things they said one we this is we. Sorry to hear about the cancer diagnosis because they didn't know about it uh, at that point. And uh, two, they said we know Warren Littlefield, who's the the head of NBC at that time. They're like, would you be yeah. interested in doing? Uh, <laughs> would you be interested in doing uh, the Tonight Show with Jay Leno? And I was like, eh, no, I mean, of course I would. I would want to. <laughs> but but that wasn't the goal. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. you know the same yeah. way. Like if if someone said your goal you wanted to write a book, if someone's like, yeah. well. Well, how about just a magazine article? Well,
2: no. How about a blog?
3: How about right, a exactly, <laughs> exactly. That a That Exactly, It was Letterman, so it would be weird to change it at that point and be like, yeah, yeah let, uh, Leno's okay. Of course I would want to do the Tonight Show, but that would be your goal. Yeah. So uh, they said those two things, and then they said, okay, well, we love what you're doing, and it's it, we find it inspiring that you're using this time. Let's let's get together for lunch. And uh, so it was, yeah, it was about two months in. And they, they gave me a camera that day. T- when we had lunch and said start start recording everything and whenever you have really? a- anything that happens like a doctor's appointment or uh you know anything that you know is going to happen if, I, if the yeah. booker of letterman says he's going to call you on friday let us know thursday so we can come and
2: video so that's amazing so did you start yeah. the 12 months when you got the camera two months in
3: yes that way as soon as i you put re- up the website, website so maybe it probably Maybe uh, a, a month and a half before the camera was okay. my my own personal goal. So yeah, by the yeah. time I got the camera, I was already a little into the project. But it, I came nowhere close to the to the, a year went by, and uh, the, I think the Letterman people. All I got in that first year was a cease and desist letter from them. Like, stop, <laughs> we, we don't, you will not. I had a letter that literally said, it, "You will not be on the show. It is impossible." No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. They, like I think they thought it was actually they get stuff like this all the time. I think they thought it was like a Make a Wish thing, you know? Yeah, thought it was sticky. Like he's not really a comedian, right? But right. you know a yeah, Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Th- then it, I just had to prove to him, like, hey, one, I'm a comedian. I'm a full time comedian making this. Yeah. It's it's not that I want it because I have cancer. It's that my time is short. I think I'm good enough to be on Letterman now. Yeah. But, you know, by the usual course of it, it may take six years, and I might not be here in six years. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, I understand that. Uh, My my writing the book was twelve months, and and when I had you on the show, like like I said, I I never met you, reached out to you, right? Exactly. Similar stories, yeah, similar stories. I'm like, bro, you're trying to steal my thunder, man. I'm the cancer, I'm the cancer (laughs) comedy guy, I'm the cancer comedian. No, but I I never thought I was gonna write a book, but your brain says I got to be creative, I got to keep cranking it out. I'm not finished, and I don't know if you're when you got the diagnosis. I was like, I'm not finished. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. No, like,
3: no, no. no, I'm not, no. I'm not a worst-case scenario guy. I didn't, I didn't really, when they said, hey, worst-case scenario, you have five years to live, I didn't take that to heart. But it's, a doctor is saying it, so you have to consider yeah. it. And yeah. so at that point, I was like, what are the things I want to make happen in those five years? And that, that was the biggest. I also uh, ended up marrying my, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, we started trying to have kids, all, all that kind of stuff. But it was
2: that kind of stuff. Right to, away. Right, it changes your perspective, yeah. Yeah, I brought the brochure. Steve, I literally, they said, come in and, and get the brochure and read this over and then your next appointment, blah, blah, blah. So I went in, it was like 80-year-old man, because I had old man cancer, had prostate cancer. And I got home and read the brochure. And as soon as I opened it, the first one, the front front of the brochure, he's a guy with white hair that was like 112 <laughs> with his wife, he's on a walker. And I'm like, that doesn't look like me. This dude <laughs> doesn't have key keep on He doesn't have the golden locks like I have, bro. So I it, it life expectancy five years right and i was like no 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 because yeah. i i don't look like so i'm not going to pay that's not attention. me so that's yeah yeah that's not me five years from him maybe
3: right right yeah maybe not this years.
2: guy like five years ago oh, yeah. man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's on borrowed time already <laughs> <they're> like, Right, <laughs> that guy wasn't gonna last much longer <laughs> than five anyway so so all right let's get out the cancer thing so okay i was doing did you hear me reading the songs? I didn't. So I read the worst songs that I posted last week. I asked, what "Was the worst songs?" Yes. And I skipped over you because you said a little classic by Def Leppard called "Let's Get Rocked." Yes. Yes. And I know. Listen, people are going to hate me for this, but
3: it, it is one of the worst songs of all time. And <laughs> the reason why. I am a Def Leppard. Let's get. Let's get. Let's get. I love Def Leppard. Yeah. I love them. I love all their stuff. Bringing On A Heartbreak is one of my, is, that's my top 10 of all time. Okay. It, it, I love everything. Hysteria is fantastic. Pyromania is fantastic. And then, so when that, that new album came out, I don't remember what the album was. I was there that first day and got the CD and uh, took it. And I remember the video came out the same day. They premiered it on whatever it was, MTV or VH1. It, it, MTV may have gone the way of not showing videos at that point. I was so disappointed. I think it's one of <laughs> the cheesiest, worst songs, especially following, especially following Hysteria and Pyromania and, and everything great they've done. It's just, it's, it's like they went backwards. I, I, it, was it was like Cherry Pie. It was yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like you wanna get boxed, this, man. It's like, Come on, you're better than this. You're better than this. Uh, that's what it was. I was, you know, when your parent says, "I'm not mad." Well, you're a parent, so you know now. You probably use the word, "I'm not mad." I'm disappointed. I'm that's, disappointed. That's, that's how I felt. That's, yes. All that's right, how I felt. Right. I was like, and the video was awful too. The video is I don't even remember the video. It's, it's, as I remember, it's like an animation thing. That's kind of a copy of the Money for Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really bad. Do you want to get rocked? It's just so
2: stupid. Want to get rocked? <laughs> let's get, let's get, let's get. Yeah, that was like, they needed two songs to, to fill the album. A contract, and they're like, "All right, we're in the studio. Yes. Let's get raw." Yeah, oh, and, and again, I know it was a hit. I know there's
3: people that love it, but I'm like, not not if you loved what's before. That that's a, a step backwards for that. It's all
2: uh, right. So real quick, uh, I'm sure you're aware, and I said you're an Emmy winner. You're an Emmy winner from writing on the Ellen Show. Yes. So I don't yes. know, but rumor has it you were the troublemaker on the set. I don't know <laughs> if you're the one.
3: I'm the I one. I was not nice. That's yeah. why I was they booted me
2: out because yeah. <laughs> Ella, they're like you're crazy. Ellen's your people hat. called me and they're like if you could like divert the attention off Ellen. Yes. Put the blame on Steve. I appreciate him. Like, you it. could Stevie, you
3: know, look, you're you're a Steve as well. So, we're just not nice people. You could tell in this conversation, we're we're, we're forcing the smiling and the having fun. Yeah. But yes, I was a terror when I was at the Ellen show. Thank I, was, was I ran fun. it and you know what, I would dress up like her so that <laughs> the people would think it was her that was being mean, but it was really me. It was- Do the I, dance, you, you would come out for I audience warm up? Yeah, I would dance, <laughs> I, yeah, I'd do her thing, yeah. Lots of observational comedy, that was very funny. Yeah. All right. So real quick, how was your experience on the set though? Was everybody cool? Everyone was cool. You know, I've, I've said it that in, in articles, there's so many people I've gotten calls from BuzzFeed, the New York Post, uh, variety about all the Ellen stuff. And uh, I, I think if she was a man, no one would be talking about this. Letterman is my favorite guy. Letterman, I'm sh- Letterman, you didn't meet Letterman before you did the show. I heard awful stories about Letterman, but no one cared because people knew that. Dave was kind of cantankerous. And me, yeah. I think part of it is that we, Ellen is so nice on the show, people expect that she's gonna be that nice. All the time, like zippity doo Right. And no one is. Uh, so I think that's it. It's almost that thing. It's 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 people are disappointed to find out that she's not that nice,
2: but no one's that. You can't nice. be like that all the time. Like, I slap my kids around off camera. I mean, everybody does. Of course. Knows. Of course you do. Because they're not that great. It's time to kick my ass now, I think. <laughs> but no, I've, I've met, like, big com- comics before, and I'm sure you have, too. Yep. When I was up and coming, I was so excited. Like, hey, yes. you know, whatever, you know. Right. But...
3: Well, they say never meet your heroes. But again, I, 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 I said that about O.J. Simpson
2: about 20 years ago. <laughs> literally like, before he killed. I mean, right before it. Yeah. Right before it. <laughs> I swear to God, I was in uh, Palm Springs partying with O.J. Went to his room, and I, where uh, there wasn't text then. I think I called my brother-in-law, and I'm like, "Hey, man, don't don't meet. Sometimes don't meet people you admire. I'm just saying right. that." Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying I'm not insinuating anything yes no but yeah I
3: think everyone knows what you mean yeah it was sinus problem yeah but anyway
2: all right Steve where can everybody find you buddy
3: uh, find me Steve Maison, Mazan, M A Z A N. I'm on on Facebook, I'm Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that just under Steve Maison, Mazan, M A Z A N. And I have a podcast that you have done a great episode. We talked about the Searchers. Uh, it's a it's called the Mazan Movie Club podcast, and it's the idea if you've ever said, you know what, I like the idea of a book club, but I hate to read. So this is this is for uh, the people like that that you, you,
2: let's watch a movie and talk about that. That's me discuss And I saw you, the, the next movie was going to be The Searchers, and I'm like, hey bro, I know that story inside out. Yeah, like, yeah. So well, thanks for having I- me on. Hey. What was the number? Yeah, that was according to
3: IMDb, right? Yes, I think that was on the IMDb list, and it was maybe in the teens. And the number one movie on IMDb is Shawshank. Is it really? Shawshank? Yeah. Shawshank Redemption is number one, and I think on the AFI list, it's Citizen Kane. The American film list. Citizen Kane? Citizen Kane on the American Film Institute. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Wow. What do you think is the better movie? Shawshank's much more.
3: You know, I've doing. I've now talked about 200 films with people like yourselves, like guests discussing films. And what I've come to realize, a big thing that I uh, value is rewatchability. How much can you watch that movie over and over? Okay. And I think okay. Shawshank is is one of those movies that you can rewatch it over and over. <laughs> I think it's better than Citizen Kane. And in that. In that that's like. It's like me and Smokey in the Band. So. Exactly. I My wife and I went and saw *Smoky and the Bandit* last year. At the, it sounds weird to say at the theater right now in the coronavirus, but
2: it—that's it, yeah. one of the great movies. It's so fun to watch. Well, it's not, but I'm just saying that because you know I love Trans Ams. No, I know I, it, it is a fun movie. I think so too. You. I don't know if you can see this, but you have your Trans Am shirt on that picture. That's right. I got—I forgot about that, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I got that shirt. All right, Steve Mazin, thank you, buddy, for joining us. Thank you. I put my 3D glasses back on so I could see. Yeah, put your Stick 3D man. glasses back on, and after the show, there's going to be a 3D party. Stick around. Yes. Steve on everybody. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Stevie.
4: Add us, add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites.
1: Add us to your favorites. And keep your browser locked. Keep your browser locked. Hello, beautiful people. This is Judy Liu, executive producer at Van Grio. I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Come On Get Happy Hour with Stevie D. You could be listening to anyone right now, and we're so appreciative that you've chosen to spend a little time with us. Your continued support means everything to us. Please continue to like and share our podcast with your friends, family, and co-workers. Tell a stranger on the street. We really do appreciate it. Be sure to follow at Vangrio on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, follow Stevie D and his so-called friends on Facebook. There you will see the videos of our episodes. At Vangrio, we rely on the continued support of our amazing listeners like you to be able to produce our content. If you wish to make a donation or shop our merch, please visit bangrio.com that's v-a-n-g-r-i-o-t.com thanks so much for listening and now back to the show
2: everybody one of the best drummers in rock studio wise and he's played in front of gazillions of people He may break off a little something something for us tonight craig pilo everybody what's going on buddy
0: same old same old trying to get all this audio stuff to work how's it going for you good good the show looks good the green screen looks great man i love your backdrop it looks beautiful
2: i don't know what you're talking about green screen i'm in a double wide trailer from <laughs> the <a> hollywood sign
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> drag is my neighbor i'm glad i have a rockstar neighbor because i'm obnoxious and uh <laughs> he always gives me tips i've got a closet full of equipment i haven't even plugged in yet the craig says you gotta order this interface here's yeah a microphone let that shit in i'm like bro I'm a comedian. I plug in a microphone. That's all I know how to do. Where is it? Where I don't even see it there. It's coming. It's coming. Bro. You know, it. I got it, but I just haven't uh, <laughs> plugged it. I just ordered uh, another camera today that I will talk about. But. Oh, nice. What's been going on with
0: you, man? Like A lot of studio work? Crazy. Crazy busy. I, just crazy busy. But thanks for not calling the police on me because I know it's been loud, so that's good. I love it, bro.
2: You know, I was a drummer. <laughs> So let me ask you this, buddy. Did you sound like? I did. Like I thought I could be a drummer, and then I took drum lessons and I, I started in the marching band. Yeah. Did you? Were you in the marching band? Were you? In absolutely, the band, like, school.
0: A- absolutely, and I was terrible. You know, it was just it was awful. But I just I practiced, <laughs> and it was it was awful. You know, it, just, it sounded terrible. I was nine well, years now, old.
2: Like we had to start out. You start. There was a drum. One. The people think you just start out being cool on timbales of the snare, but no, you fucking start on the trampoline, the, right. the triangle or the cymbals or of the bass, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. Cymbals, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like you said, it's really hard to be cool when you're like, hey, everybody, here's my b- <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's me. Yeah. You're in the marching band. Oh, exactly. Oh, man. I was like four ten and like the eighth grade, and I played the bass drum. We were like, "We're gonna start you on boom, 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 boom." So, carrying a Volkswagen. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And I couldn't do that cool shit you could do it with your fingers right there. <laughs> oh man,
0: I'm still trying to be cool. I was still, uh, I'm still trying to get invited into the club. So,
2: you've got it down. Bob. Did you have to do the rudiments? Did you have the little drum pad? And you? Oh, I, I still I still do. Yeah. Because you also teach, but did you, when you've taught people, do you have them put a silver dollar or half dollar, and they have to hit the circle?
0: Yeah, that's great exercise. I, I, I don't, but I probably should. (laughs) That's great exercise.
2: I remember I mentioned in my book our uh, band director in middle school was like 100 years old, and my mom went to that middle school, and he looked the same. He was 100 years old. And she went, but he drew a circle on a drum pad. So we had the drum pad, and uh, he drew a circle. I think it was with a silver dollar. Right. And he's like, you go practice these rudiments or whatever the fuck they are, the whole notes. And and he said, "And when you come back, there only better be marks in the circle. Right. Yeah, drum lessons are just like any
0: other instrument. It takes forever, you know, and you sit there forever, and you're trying to be cool again, and, you're, and your homework is like right, right, left, left, right, right, left, like for hours. <laughs> and then
2: you, you come back the next week, and the teacher's like, no, that's not it. I'm like, ah!
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> now, do you, do you hold your stick like that, these two fingers? I do. Rest it there? Very traditional grip. On it looks left? like
0: you're flipping somebody off. That's exactly right. Yep.
2: Yes. So a lot of people don't realize the drummers hold like that, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, so we just got a Facebook question, Craig. Oh boy. Who, who's your favorite drummer of all time? Oh man, this is like what's going around on the on the interweb now because
0: uh, what, every drummer now has been you tag your friends and you talk about your top ten favorite drummers and I and I was like I'd have a hard time narrowing it down to my top one hundred like that would be difficult. So what am well, I? Somebody's favorite?
2: looking at my notes. Oh would my God! Uh, would this be a simple? Simpler question for you, Craig. Yeah. What's the best rock? Because I know, like, lately, you know, some iconic drummers have died. I see you posting things. Yeah. And it's something going around now that you're putting, like, each day for. Yeah. You're supposed to go over 10 days and pick your top 10 favorite guys. And, like,
0: so that's what I've been doing. I'm on day six, which I'll post later.
2: Okay. uh So my question, maybe this will help it, is uh, what's your favorite rock? Rock drum solo. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one.
0: Again, narrowing it down. I mean, you know, John Bonham certainly like wrote the book on rock drumming. You know, I mean, just as far as groove, I mean, you know, Neil Peart's solos were always big, and you know, the stadium rock, and yeah, my first concert. (laughs)
4: Exactly,
0: you know, and so like every drummer dreams of being in that situation. You know, like. Uh, you know, uh I mean even in the eighties, like all those hairband guys, they were always doing wild things. Even Tommy Lee with him twirling upside down and stuff like that, you know. I thought all that was cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was probably roller in coaster. Top. Yeah, I don't mean I don't know if he was in my top ten, but it was still pretty you know, pretty impressive to watch, you know. But certainly John Bonham, Neil Peart, Keith Moon.
2: I just got that on Facebook. Neil I got Stuart
0: Copeland. What's your opinion on Stuart? Oh man, Stuart Copeland with the police, like all that stuff is so iconic. All those, I mean, imagine Roxanne with anybody else but him playing it. Like, I mean, yeah, all those beats, uh, you know, with all those tunes, uh, all those police tunes, amazing.
2: Who was? uh, I think Prince had a drummer that died. He was a big dude. Yeah, John Blackwell. I saw him, and he was just, he was just like, yeah
0: john blackwell yeah the guys amazing
2: yeah john blackwell so yeah. he passed
0: away i think so yeah he was a beast man yeah i mean all princes drummers were pretty much
2: if you were in that band you were badass you know you had to be badass i remember um uh, you know i'm a big fan of all the minneapolis sound and jimmy jam and terry lewis yeah but i think uh jimmy jam once said like he played keyboards i believe and he was you know he also uh, prince wrote and produced for the time and Yep. Sheila E. and all those bands. They yeah. wanted a, a pseudo-name of Jamie Starr. But um, I think it was Jimmy Jam Or uh, was saying once he was doing his part for the time, and Prince said, no, man, you're like this. And he went back and showed him how to play it. Right. And he goes, that, that's my only fucking instrument. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm the keyboard guy, and Prince just played it better than me. And he played He's drums, not, too. You know, yeah, he played yeah. it for every instrument. Yeah, he
0: played drums, too. Wasn't There There was one album, I think, where he did everything, right? Did he play everything on his first one or something? There was
2: one that he, that he did everything. A lot of his albums, I believe, he did. Yeah. I know he did on his first album, for sure, Prince. Yeah. And I, I still have that album somewhere. And you pull it out, and there's a poster of him in the shop with a uh, purple bikini. Nice. Which was on my wall before I married Katie, and she yeah. had to take it down. But... That's what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, you are going to do a solo for us tonight or what? I'm going to try. All right, here we go. One of the best drummer in rock, Craig Pilo, right there, buddy. Thank you All so right. much, uh, send me a Bill, for that solo. Uh, forward it to Sketch up in Canada. All yeah. right. This was my thank big you, break, buddy. man. I'm glad we got this going. This All was right. my big break today. I've been looking forward that to it. the see. best I've ever heard you play.
0: <laughs> Excellent, buddy. All right.
2: Thank you, brother. Have a good show.
1: Excellent. Good Thanks, time,
2: Craig. Y'all. The drinking work tonight is funny. We're just having a good time, y'all. That's what we do. One of my favorite comics and one of my best buddies in the comedy world. You've seen him uh, on the Tonight Show. Comedy Show BBT. He's had uh, five more comedy albums than I've had, which equals five. Give it up for the party starter, Mr. Darren Carter. Why? What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? This is cool.
4: This is great. By the way, what's my up, brother. This is a real background. This is real. This is like not virtual. This is. Look at this. This is, uh, it's interesting. Like, what do you see out there? Yeah. But, and I noticed you have a similar wood paneling. It's just kind of wild, right? We both have wood. This paneling. is also real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're also in a double wide. Is that what you're saying, Darren? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, what's funny is, um, they, uh, so for my, for my, you know, my YouTube channel, I've been doing like these zoom recordings just like you are. And, uh, my my wall in, in in burbank is just a plain white wall it looked very boring so i ended up taking photos of this wood paneling and i put that behind me so people are like is that real i'm like well it's real but just not here but but this one really is real like this is the real that was a horse we had for a while i don't know if you can see that horse but
2: there he is so you're staying healthy i see you out there swinging the tires and uh Doing the pull on the tires. I'm trying. I even got my 25 pound
4: weights over there, you know, uh, which, you know, it's funny. Like those weights used to be too heavy for me, but now I'm, I guess maybe I was just kind of a, uh, what's the, what's a nice way to say it. Uh, Hmm. I was a weakling. No, I, I was a, uh, before I would, I would try to do 25 pound weights and I'd be like, Oh, it's, it's heavy. And now I'm like, nah, man, just do it. You know, just, just do it. Just do the 25 pounds, you know? You ever get like you that? Get Were you ever stretch like stretch first? Huh? Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you've gotten stronger during the quarantine? I don't know if I've gotten stronger. Well, listen, I, I was making a lot. I felt pretty good about it. Like during the quarantine, I was like, okay, "I'm going to keep it up. I'm not going to, not going to stop." And I was, you know, increasing my, you know, walking every day. I was walking further. I was, you know, I was, I was punching tires, doing stuff here at the farm you know, like March, April, May, even in July, I did 400 push-ups it was a lot for me. I was like, I'm gonna do 400 push-ups and put it on my YouTube channel. And then we got hit with those, those fires and and uh, it makes the smoke unbearable. So you're not really supposed to even go outside. So then it was like, man, you know, like I, uh, so I, if you asked me that same question about three weeks ago or a month ago, I would be like, I don't know if I've gotten stronger, but it's definitely been different my boxing workouts were what is it called high intensity interval training that was more like hit like like punching pop pa, pop, 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 go over here jump rope and then the farm is more like like uh lifting heavy things going for long bike rides like it's a different kind of workout i would say
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's, you don't like you can go in the backyard like i can go to the backyard and because i've been in fitness for 30 years or whatever and i can look around if i see a chair i'm like oh a chair for dips a chair for planks a chair for you know what one, one leg standing in squats or whatever it is but i call it, i call it my prison workout so you need to look around the room and you can do manual resistance and not have like the the, the fanciest equipment that does not have to be low flex or hammer strength or whatever the popular brand is you, right, you right. can use like your own body weight
4: i love that man that's what i loved about joining the boxing gym i found that I felt like 99% of their workouts are all body weight. Like it's all, you know, as opposed to when I'd go to a traditional gym where somebody might be doing curls and then taking a 10 minute break and then, you know what I mean? Like, I like it where you're just like sweating and like, you know, um, Oh, what, what, let me ask you this. This is a great question. Um, I've wanted to know. So I, I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast, he interviewed this guy that was, uh, like a, you know, green beret. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, He interviewed this guy that was like i I don't know if he was like a Navy SEAL. He was something like special forces. He was, he was, was it forces. Jocko? It wasn't Jocko. It was the other guy, like T Mac. I know him on Instagram as T Mac. Um, okay. But he's he was like, you know, uh, yeah, you know, Joe. He uh, kind of like said so what you did. All I need is, and one of the things he said is, he goes. Uh, all I need is a, is a, one of the things that was a wall and you get a good workout and I was thinking, what could he possibly be doing with the wall to get a good workout? All I could think of is like, you know, that thing where you pretend to sit against the wall and it builds up your legs, I guess. Do You yeah, don't, you know I mean,
2: yeah, I really don't. You can, do, uh, uh, handstands, handstand pushups. Oh, wow. You, can do okay. wall push-ups. you put your feet on the wall. You put your feet on the wall, and obviously, the lower you go, the more upper body that you're, you're using for resistance. Um, yeah. There's yeah, not a million things you can do against the wall. You give me a floor, I can do jump squats and yeah. lunges and push-ups, and, you know, but what's, what's a jail cell? Six by, six by nine or whatever it is? What about ceiling?
4: Can you do anything on the ceiling? Are there any ceiling the workouts up? Maybe. the ceiling did you say dancing on the ceiling like lion <laughs> richie <What are> <laughs> yeah oh let me show you one thing right. i gotta say this one thing all right oh, okay so this is uh if anybody wants to get a little motivated this is what i do to myself look i i told myself at the beginning of the month because i was starting to get a little weak you know and uh, i said i'm gonna do every day this month 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups and i'm telling you having it you know writing it down writing down the date and then the 50 and circling it just seeing it there it's Be definitely it's me it's tremendously yeah i'm being accountable i'm not just like oh i think i did it every day like no i i know i missed two days this month but i also know after i brush my teeth in the morning and i'm getting ready for my day i know it's time to do the the push-ups and sit-ups and i gotta be honest it's not that hard it's like the hardest part is making myself start for the day because once you get that 25 push-ups in that's to me that's the hardest one is the first 25 and then and then you then i do the sit-ups it's pretty easy and then i'm like well heck man i'm, I'm already done pretty much let me just do this last yeah. set and um,
2: you know well i'll tell people a couple of things about, number one the hardest part is getting to the gym yeah, and you got to have a set time in your brain. What time you're gonna work out. So if you, you can't say, oh, maybe I'll, I'll try to get it in the afternoon. Like, no, I'm gonna get yeah. there at 10am. So I say make an appointment with yourself. Make an appointment with yourself, because you just have an open ended six hour window. Guess what? It's gonna ring. You know, gonna, you're gonna be watching something coming up next on the project, you know, uh, yeah, you yeah. have the time to be there, and you, you have to be accountable for showing up. And then, when you first walk in the gym, you're not always like, oh shit, do some squats right now. When it max out a minute, and you're like, no, let me warm up. So, I recommend people jump on a cardio machine, get your endorphins kicked in. I didn't even going to talk about working out tonight. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the first 10 minutes, getting get there, and then kick ass for 10 minutes, warm up. You're good to go and stretch. It is,
4: this is like an intervention or something. You're like, Darren, I see you wearing the gold dim T-shirt. Can you like stop playing around yeah. and like really start? I working don't know out? if we,
2: Yeah, we can sign off <laughs> on you wearing that T-shirt, Jay. I know. Hey, Darren. Oh, by the way, you know what I saw? Okay, do you
4: happen to have a? Uh, do you have a microphone, like a like a like a microphone you'd see on a comedy stage, like a? There, I, I had like a shirt fifty-eight. Do you happen to have one I of do. those?
2: so not in front of me but yes
4: i uh i was looking up like mic stands and they said in, a, in an emergency i looked this up online you can actually take a wire hanger and make a mic stand and uh i did it look at this you take the hanger you bend it and then you drop the mic right in there
2: superstar look at that
4: yeah that's like if you get into a jam and you're like i need a mic stand but, <laughs> but yeah, i don't know i just grabbed this it was next to my notebook but i gotta tell you it kind of works, but you you if you touch the thing, the, it'll just fall right over. So you could this
2: also short. Sure, you could also get electrocuted. I think, Aaron. Don't do that.
4: Yeah, yeah. So maybe don't do this. Don't, don't do lick your
2: fingers and grab that uh, hanger. Okay. Right.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: All right, buddy. So um, I had some questions for you. We got a little discombobulated. Sketch, my producer I wanted to ask you about your I think your BET sketch show. You, you didn't you do a sketch on BET?
4: yes it was called the way we do it and it was uh, i believe we did it for two i did it for two seasons and it was uh it was really cool because i did stand up on BET a lot and you know as you know to be a comedian uh on a on a show is great but then you know i kept doing it you know every other year i'd, I'd come back then they'd splice it up and put it on other shows and and so that was really a lot of exposure at the time it was great and then they they had a sketch show and i did that for two years and that was that was actually pretty cool you know i never it it wasn't really my dream to be on a sketch show but it was really fun
2: so who was on that show with you darren
4: oh my gosh um we had a lot of different celebrities would 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 guest star you know um a lot of rappers at the time guys who are like one hit wonders or uh you know, I can't remember their names. Like uh the, who, think, who was the guy I had?
2: Uh
4: on, or uh... Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't we didn't get Ludacris. it wasn't that big. We didn't we didn't, get, <laughs> yeah, we didn't yeah. Did I didn't you hear me say we got one hit wonder rappers? I mean it was like
2: Who's
4: yeah. saying Dong uh, Dong? Yeah, yeah. Uh who was on the show with me? as far as other comedians, uh like you you may or may not know them, like Doug Williams, Speedy, um uh thing forbes was on i know i'm gonna forget was name. on there who Shane forbes Shane, yeah they said oh, jamie yeah. Fock. no <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah it was it was listen man this this was a long time ago I, i'm sorry i don't really remember the details but
2: <laughs> you're still getting those residual checks right uh
4: that would be a negative <laughs> We got our three hundred bucks, and it was gone by Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're lucky to get this. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. This is
2: non-union. This is non-union. Uh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. But you guys will make money on the road. That's that yeah, yeah. that's how the picture. It's a college card. It's on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it was. So it People was that cold. are
2: watching that doesn't know about. Um, uh, <laughs>
4: right. Yeah. Yeah. If
2: you don't know what non-union means. Means you're not going to get any money. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, you get out, of, you know what though, you just, you go into it knowing like what you're, you know, if, you, if you're like, okay, I'm really not going to get paid, but I will get the exposure. And the, and the exposure definitely was awesome. Like it, that actually opens doors. And it's funny, man, like, like, uh, because they would repeat it so much, like you definitely would get out there. Like people would, you know, like tell you. And, and I mean, I can remember two things where I got like a cool little sweet upgrade because I got recognized from BET. One, I was on a flight and the uh, flight attendant recognized me, and she goes, hey, listen, there's, there's some room up in first class. Would you like to? She goes, hey, she, she put me in first class, and that was awesome. Unfortunately, the flight was very short. It was from like Kansas City to
2: Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a 37-minute flight. You might want yeah. to hurry. You're going to miss half the flight. Hurry up. Yeah, it was, exactly. <laughs> hurry
4: up, hurry up. No. <laughs> it wasn't like it was from LA to Paris. It was from yeah. Kansas City to Cleveland, you know? <laughs> and then uh, LA
2: to Ontario.
4: And then the other time I uh, I I got like some uh, like an upgrade was uh, believe it or not I was at the Ventura
2: County Fair
4: and the guy that ran the bumper cars recognized me and uh, he let me cut the line and (laughs) take my son (laughs) off off the bumper cars (laughs) yeah and my wife. Dude, I know, because my, my wife was like, you know, oh, from 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 an airplane to to bumper cars, my how a mighty have fallen.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Membership has its privileges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey guys, this is not me, but everyone's just
4: beating the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. That's that that punk that cut lines, get him. Yeah. Get him. He's out there. Hey. I'll have you guys know one time I uh, I was I was <laughs> in the line at the dunk tank. I uh, I got to sit in my own chair and I got to be dunked and it was a pleasure. Thank you. It was, an honor. <laughs> was from BT. It's
2: cracked. The big Perk of being famous. I got the headline on
4: the two cards. This was looking worse or worse. You're like, so what was it like being on TV? I don't know. I'm I'm fashioning mic stands. <laughs>
0: hangers now.
4: Hold on. Let me hit my uh,
0: applause button here. They're available on my website. Uh, mic
2: stands. <laughs> it's 19.99 yeah, no. for a mic stand, but you know what? I can fashion one out of uh, my
4: <laughs> Exactly. My mother in law's closet.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this
4: paneling looks real yeah These by the way I real know. paneling i got fake paneling back here look how good that lighting is man that's some really see,
2: that's going get the tripod lighting. kicking so yeah, i, I think you right. you were on my podcast, my video show twice and this yeah. is the same double wide see that i love it that's cool same. what was that do you do, you, do
4: you, what's that wood paneling based on do you know where that came from that wood paneling yeah, from a double life
2: from my childhood
4: wow that's beautiful man
2: i want to be honest with you You know what darren i grew up on yeah. food stamps i was poor we didn't have a car single mom but you know what i never lived in a trailer wow so that was like a, like yeah we're on food stamps we're in yeah. government housing but see we're not in yeah it was called the projects so we lived next to the mm-hmm. projects but we were like in these little cracker box little houses with no AC, you know, nothing, but we didn't live in a trailer. I can tell you that. Yeah. Did you, you know what it's
4: funny is, um, I think the last time I was in a trailer, it it might've been a double wide, it might've been like even bigger, but it was, uh, it was in a small town. It was in Midland, Odessa, Texas. And it was the producers of a comedy show. And they were like, come on by. And, uh, it, it looked like a little tiny house. I mean, well I wouldn't say tiny, it looked like a it looked like a big house, kind of. I mean it was double wide and I think they maybe they might have taken two double wides and somehow made a hallway between or something. I don't know. It looked a lot bigger than you think. But dude, these people were a little bit weird, man. They they actually had a goat inside. You know, like people might have a dog or a cat inside. had a goat in the house? Goat. They had a real goat inside their their trailer. And uh I remember one of the rooms it was, it was like a whole homage to um, Scarface. They had a whole like velvet painting of Scarface and the whole, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a trip. The vibe was like, okay, this is uh, interesting.
2: Funny, would you watch uh, like MTV Cribs? Almost every single rapper's home has a Scarface room. They have mm. a Scarface poster behind their desk. some sort of homage to Scarface, the to Tony Montana. Tony Montana
4: say hello to my little friend. That was the time, like, like when, when I was at that trailer, that was back when Cribs was on. So that was, this would have been back in, like, 2007 or something, 2008. I remember, um, I just remember, like, at the end of the week, I mean, this is another, like, bad story. Not bad, but, like, it's another like, humble beginnings. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was already been doing it for 20 years. I really was a beginner. But I remember, like, I remember, my Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think my son was. I think my wife was either pregnant or our son had just been born. And I remember like having to argue with the guy over like the travel money. You know, if you guys don't know what that is, they offer you a, a set amount of money for the show, like you know x amount of dollars, and then they say plus three fifty or whatever for air, four fifty for air, whatever it is. So you can, you know what I mean. And so he gave me the main check. But then they didn't they there was a dispute over the travel money and it was just one of those things stevie like because of that gig i remember the next day going to my hotel room or that night going to my hotel room and i was like i just i literally looked at myself in the mirror and i was like i gotta how, how this how did it come to this why am i doing a gig in midland odessa texas and, and fighting over travel money and i've yeah. got a you know i've got a baby on the way and i'm like this yeah is yeah I got to figure something out so I that that show uh, is what made me fire my agent at the time because I was like this is we, we got to work stuff
2: out you know We just put things in perspective like it's funny you say that because about having a baby um, I was just thinking of this the other day when Rockstar's a Comedy came out that there was my concept my baby I produced it I got all the com- you know we, we we did it and I, I fought tooth and nail to get the money together and and to get it distributed, and Netflix picked it up, this whole thing. So we were having the release party, and I was like, this is the greatest moment in my comedy career. But I was doing like an e-blast, and I was doing MySpace, and Tom from MySpace was rocking my Rockstars of Comedy gear, and I was like, yes! You're but my, my son was born, and he was like, he was everything to me. And I remember walking by him, and he was like, I don't know, six months, eight months. And I walked by him, and we had that little automatic rocking thing, you know? Usually yeah. if I was there, he didn't need that because I'd have him all the time, all the time like this. So remember I was going – I was working on the guest list for the after party and I was going to be at this hip, hip uh, you know, Hollywood nightclub and the biggest promoter friend of mine was going to do the party. And I was like, yes, and I walked by him. And I was just all full of myself and I caught him out of the corner of my eye and he was just looking up at me as I was going by, like watching me. And I was like, uh. Oh. He's just waiting for me to to give him some attention. I'm like, this doesn't mean this is this is shit. This yeah. you know this it's not what it's about. This this is my main man right here.
4: You know, so you think if you you think if you had a different upbringing, you would have been like, sorry kids, show business. You know, you know what I mean? You like, know where it wonder... came from. I believed in
2: me when nobody believed in me.
4: because <laughs> I wonder about that. Like you know, like like uh, dude. I, the reason I bring that up is um. Uh, you know, I, I'm reading this book and it's with, it's about the history of comedy and it got to the part with Jonathan Winters and Jonathan Winters had those strong feelings. He was up in San Francisco and he was really missing his family. And, and, uh, you know, he basically stopped touring after that and he would put out albums and do tonight show appearances and pure appear TV. Yeah. He turned down a lot of money for touring. He said, because because I missed, I missed out on a lot of cash, but I got to spend time with my kids.
2: Yeah, no, that, that means everything to me because I grew up with a single mom and, I, and now like my kids can't, can't shake me. Like you, every day you're posting pictures, you know, videos of you and your son. It's awesome. I love it. And I always said, I want to be uh, there's my dad instead of a where's my dad. Like yeah. I'd rather be like around too much than never around. Yeah. So anyway. Wah, wah.
4: <laughs> now why would do don't feel this way. Like I'm just can't. kidding. I don't even have kids.
2: I just made that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, I come on. Would... So, uh, we finally got you on. We had some glitches tonight. You had your son Austin with you. But real quick, I never asked you before. Was uh, you worked with uh, John Travolta, who I talked about many times? Saturday Night Fever and Smokey and the Bandit changed my life, bro so how is it working with john did it get weird did he ask you for a massage come on please tell me a good no, story. No. He, was, he,
4: he, he was fantastic man he was like he's like i know you from that BET sketch show really you recognize you because let me ask you what does it pay no, i'm just kidding no, ah. no. he goes you <laughs> yeah. gotta make a money deal yeah, no no honestly he was great man it was uh i remember him pull up exactly what happened so we filmed uh the scenes I was in with John were in L.A. It was off in Beverly, so it was a real street, you don't know, like on a set. And I remember he pulled up to the set, and uh, there was a black SUV that that transported him there, that got him there. And when he pulled in, they were like Travolta, John Travolta approaching, or whatever. So everyone knew he was going to come. So when he when he arrived, uh, if my memory serves me correct, I think they all applauded. I think, and I but what I do remember is him, like, saying everybody's name and being very friendly and just, like, he was like, you know, he, he was like, Hey, Sketch, how are you? You ever good with DVD Good to see you. All right. How, you know, he was just, like, saying hi and just... It felt really good. Like, he really had the personable skills. It wasn't like, I'm the star, leave me alone. It was like, hey, all right. You know, like, I know, you know, it was great. It
1: hey. he was very friendly to
4: me. I, I, I messed up one of my lines. I was about to say, did you blow any lines? Did you...? I, I did, I did. um. The second scene, when it was just because the first scene, it's it's uh, there's three actors and me. So i I walk up, I interrupt them, I say my lines, I go right this way, sir, and he, and he follows me. Now for the second scene, when it's just John and I, we're literally on our marks, just talk, getting ready to talk. So we're just waiting, and they're like action, and I would and I would start talking to him, and then I would just for me it would go back to welcome back Carter. You know what I mean? I yeah. go back. to... John Travolta, like, you know, I start like, you just, I start tripping. Vinny Barberino right there. Yeah, man. Vinny Barberino, man. It's like weird, right? And then, and then, uh, and I, and and, by that time, it might have been around, I don't know, it was in the afternoon, it was getting a little hot. And, uh, he was cool, man. He's probably had that happen a lot. He goes, he goes, it's okay. It's okay. He goes, uh, let's get him, uh, let's get him a a water. I remember they gave me some (laughs) water or something. And I took it, took a break, breathed. And then, then we moved on. But it was like, they definitely, I had that moment of like, in my mind going, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up, and that's, that's negative talk, I shouldn't have said that, and then I messed
2: up, you know. Ah, uh, be like me doing a scene with Elvis or something, or Can Evil. Knievel. Yeah. But I heard like, Harry Connick <clears throat> Jr, that happened to him. Harry Connick Jr. did a, a birthday tribute to Frank Sinatra, and, he came, and I actually saw the video. He came out, he was singing one of Sinatra's songs, and he forgot the lyrics, like right in the middle of the goddamn song. And had to yes. start over. And they pan to Sinatra, and he was just like, like, not even, hey, don't worry about it, kid. Hey, that's all right. He was just like, all right, watch out.
4: He's like messing up a song, oh my God. He's like, fly me to the. S- God, what are we flying to? Solar a system. The moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fly me. Yeah. Let me sing among the planets. Yeah. Let me... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's from Sinatra.
2: Hey, ladies! Yeah, yeah. Start spreading the news. <laughs> but Zirnato was not even impressed. Like, he didn't even laugh, or he's just like, yeah. I know. Come on, money's on the memories? dresser, baby. Do you have any memories?
4: Does New York, New York, does that song mean anything to you? Like, when you hear it, does it bring back anything? Because I have a story for it. Zero.
2: I'm from Kentucky. Elvis is everything. Elvis is king. Yeah. Sinatra is we i didn't resonate with i didn't know anything about sinatra
4: okay so uh two things well right. the main
2: thing very first comedy club
4: i ever performed was in my hometown in fresno so i play like bowling alleys and bars and little <laughs> nightclubs juvenile halls and drug rehabs and anything you
2: could think of coffee shops
4: yeah coffee shops yeah actually actually they didn't even have coffee shops back then to my knowledge not fresno oh. but um, and uh, i remember At that time and so i remember playing the first real comedy club and it was called the athenian restaurant and it had like a greek theme to it with statues little waterfalls and and it was really elegant looking well the way they would start the show every night was that was a and it was and the club was in downtown fresno where the where the big buildings are so in my mind it was kind of and i was like i was like 19 or 20. So my mind it was like wow i'm in the big city like this is where the the grown-ups hang out and and so i always think of that song i think of the big city even though it was fresno but um and years later that that club changed they they, this guy sold it and they changed the name to screwballs (laughs) it's screwballs you know (laughs) now how about this what do you think of when you hear like kentucky rain elvis and kentucky rain
2: Seven lonely days and a dozen towns ago. That's a jam right there. Uh, I think Eddie the Rabbit wrote that song. Eddie Rabbit, who wrote, uh, <laughs> We're the Midnight Judy, coming on tonight. So, uh, Eddie but Rabbit. Uh, the I got the windshield wipers. Yeah, windshield wipers, yeah. Uh, Eddie Rabbit, I remember one time I saw an interview with Eddie Rabbit, said he met Elvis. And they're like, we're gonna bring you backstage and tell Elvis you're the one who wrote "Kentucky Rain." And blah blah blah. He's like, he was so nervous, and Elvis just goes, uh, "Hey man, I really like that song. Thank you very much." And <laughs> just walked past him. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you." He's like, "Oh, that's I wonder so what nervous. song he's like. He did, did,
4: did he know? Did Elvis know that he was the guy that wrote "Kentucky Rain"? No. Well, that's
2: that was the introduction. Like, uh, this is Eddie Rabbit. He wrote "Kentucky Rain," um, which like Mike Davis wrote "In the Ghetto." not a lot of you know you know Jerry Reed wrote guitar man you know we can do a whole episode just on Elvis you know that yeah but I love that Austin's so musical your son and uh always good connecting to you, buddy I love talking fitness with you we talk all the time you can always call me when you're on your bike rides and your hikes oh, oh, oh I got another fitness question for all you right, um, hit me. Yeah,
4: I posted that that thing uh, a couple of weeks ago I actually bought it, the The apple cider vinegar. Is it called Bragg? I think it's Bragg's unpasteurized apple
2: cider vinegar. And you said that, uh, so number one, do you drink it hot or cold? So I drink it with, uh, so Darren's talking about a little regimen I've been doing for about five years. And during the quarantine, a buddy of mine, Ken G, who broke the world's uh, Guinness Book of World Records for deadlifts, and, and he and his wife, Candace Michelle, ex-WWE champs. Uh, so mm. Ken G would post, in addition to the Bragg's apple cider vinegar shot that I do every morning with eight ounces of water. So i do about a tablespoon, eight ounces of water, and it kills any viruses uh, in your body. But uh, he he puts fresh lemon in his, which I've been doing it for about six months, and cayenne pepper, and that creates an alkalized system that will kill any virus. Like the COVID is a respiratory virus. So I do that first thing when I wake up every morning, Darren, I go get my Bragg's apple cider vinegar, unfiltered, a tablespoon, eight ounces of, of just room temperature water, just filtered water. And then I do my um, cayenne pepper, and then I cut half of a lemon, squeeze the shit out of that right there, and chug it like, boom, burns all the way down. You want to stay close to home base because in about 30 minutes, you're gonna be one of close to, uh, to your office, the throne. and
4: uh,
2: to. it kills any bowers, buddy. I guarantee it.
4: Do you keep the apple cider vinegar? Do you keep it on the in in room temperature, or do you you put it in the fridge? Room temperature. Oh, I've been storing it in the fridge just because I thought. You'll actually
2: uh, have a reverse effect. You'll get sick from that.
4: No, I'm just kidding. Oh god! (laughs) (laughs) You're like you're (laughs) gonna get that. (laughs) All of a (laughs) sudden, I (laughs) go. You're gonna die from that.
2: (laughs) You haven't been drinking that, right? (laughs) (laughs) No. Put your glasses down. I don't feel so I don't feel, I don't so, feel good. so
1: good, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
2: everybody. you oh, Judy oh, sketch loose and my producer for hanging out in there for almost two hours? Yay! Do you eyeball it or do you physically put it into a,
4: a tablespoon or do you just kind of splash it?
2: I've been just uh, splashed. Overflowing uh, uh, tablespoon. So okay. Just splash it. Oh. Yeah. I don't like measure wow. it exactly. Like measure it in a little. Yeah, soup. I just kind
4: of go like this, and I go, ah, I'll do a little bit more just for the sake of it. Then, and, and it does taste, yeah. Anyways, that's well, all. I had well, way later way. on,
2: I'm gonna text you with a super, super protein boost uh, shake I make every morning. That will like you'll be like turbocharged. Oh, wow. Every everything's in that. Nice. All good stuff: greens, berries, um, uh, flaxseed oil. You, I'll send it to oh, you. Wow good stuff all right everybody Darren, where can they find you buddy where can they find you besides Gold's Gym oh uh, oh, yeah uh no Gold's Gym no I don't I was gonna say the guy that
4: created that logo God rest his soul he just passed away and uh I was reading about him the guy that created this logo he's actually from Bakersfield and he got into wrestling and and uh whatever look it up look up guy who created Gold's Gym logo but where can they find me uh go to my YouTube channel youtube.com slash Darren Carter and you'll see my stand ups. You'll see my podcast. It's called Pocket Party. Pocket Party Podcast. Pocket it's Party. D&D is Times. And uh, so, yeah, YouTube, Darren Carter, Pocket Party Podcast,
2: Darren Carter. And uh, hit me up on Instagram. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, buddy. All right, man. Go do some push ups. I'm going to uh, text you that recipe oh, for the protein shake. I'm into it. I'm into oh, it, buddy. man. Thank you. I'm going to work right. out on this <laughs> wall. All right, everybody, thank you for watching. Come on, get happy hour. Crazy night tonight. We had Steve Mazon. Check out his movie, his documentary film called Dying to Do Letterman. We had Craig Pilo. He was a Frankie Valli's drummer for 12 years. Big time rock and roll session player here. A lot of TV shows. Kardashians, you didn't hear that from me. Uh, but he does all the bumper music. And of course, the party starter, Darren Duran Carter. Good buddy of mine, one of the funniest guys in the biz. And, of course, my co-producer up in Canada. She's going to take us out on the wheels of steel. I'm going to save the wheels of steel. I don't know if she still does. puts it down on the ones and twos. but uh, I have shows. them all.
1: I have them all. I got traditional. I got turntables. I got CDJs. And okay. I've got the Serato deck. Two turntables and a microphone. Okay. Judy, Sketch, Lewis everybody.
2: Check us out Wednesday night on um, Facebook. Uh, Stevie D and his so-called friends. And on YouTube, come on, get Happy Hour. Thanks for watching, y'all. We'll see you next week. And the worst song picked for me was on. Too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy that it hurts. That's true. All right. I'm going to torture my kids with that song forever. Thanks for watching, y'all. See you next week.
4: Vangria Production.